<laughs> You're listening to the Brown Trout and Bridge Beers Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Brown Trout and Bridge Beers. Uh, just hopping in here. This this episode was originally supposed to be recorded on the water, um, but as always, I messed up the technical details. Didn't get the recording, so I had to call um, our friends Dan Donovan and Josh Smeltzer back and have a quick Zoom call to try and recap recap this musky fall trip that we had so we kind of dive right into it i don't get into the intros till the end um but thanks again for listening and i hope everybody has a great christmas and new year's and we will be back again uh in january thanks again all right i had to move i had to move to nick's bedroom move to the neighbor's bedroom Sir, so is the is your house just like the hostel for the musky full employees? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, we have we also have the um as far as the accommodations, uh we have the fly shop office, which is effectively a couch. <laughs> but you know, if you need some privacy, you need some intimacy as alone time, it's a it's a great option. <laughs> Good. <laughs> with a big picture of dan in the background as you're trying to have some alone time oh yeah there you go no this is not the alone time spot this is the like <laughs> this is the hostel spot you can hear everything <laughs> oh that's fantastic <clears throat> we went musky fishing like a month ago somewhere between ontario and illinois definitely north of illinois <laughs> North of Illinois, South Canada, <laughs> somewhere in that region. And I uh, I attempted to report record a podcast, and I believe I figured out the issue was that the device was set to record on an external recording piece. So it was never actually dumping files on the memory card. So the tech guy here messed that up royally. So cheers to me. Cheers. <laughs> Oh no, tech guy! <laughs> I know. So here we are again. Um, it's a good thing we didn't have a chance to try and do it last Friday because that would have just gotten messy. <laughs> At least you made it to Eau Claire. It sounds like Grant. Oof. After that, it's I don't know. <laughs> made it. Getting home was a whole other situation. Um, Makes you feel better, Grant. And the entire time you were telling that story about. Getting home, that's how long it took me to confirm that we did, in fact, fish exactly a month ago. (laughs) (laughs) Calendars are really hard. (laughs) Brain receptors are moving a little slow. (laughs) (laughs) So it sounds like two out of the three of the group are I think Josh might have jumped off the the, the bridge. That's a problem. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit, he's back. (laughs) Did you, you can't just go? leave your screen like that, man. We were left here hanging, wondering if you jumped off the bridge or if you're all good or something. You know, you... I'm, all, 
I'm all good. I'm just hanging out in San Fran. Did you have to go get a present out of uh, Santa Sack? <laughs> oh, that Santa Sack, the mystery sack of Santa's nuts. Dan, we had a we had a grocery bag full of thirty individual shots, and everyone was encouraged to select at least four. At least four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some of us felt it was a good idea to have a couple extra towards the end of the night. Well, that's the that's the nice thing about the the host making sure they recommend four is that you know there's definitely always someone that wants to go twenty five percent above that. So if you recommend one, it just wouldn't have been that fun of a night. I mean, and I think that's what I appreciated about Jake's planning for that muskie trip we did a month ago is take whatever you drink and pump it by like fifteen to twenty percent because you know. It's just going to get passed around anyways. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That guy's a planner. Oh yeah. Executed a full, that was, that was well executed. Yeah. I mean, minus there was one tiny detail of a certain establishment that wasn't nearby, but we can always fix that for next year. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Makes it tough when you catch it, catch it in the 11th hour too, you know? Yeah. Spirits, everyone's, everyone's divided. <laughs> The teams, the teams weren't crossed, but to re- recombobulate. I mean, there's always spring, right? Definitely. Yeah. So, that was, uh, I mean, how much do we think, uh, I was thinking about this. It's like Jake's planning. How much of that is response? Like that's a partial responsibility for Nick's muskie a little bit because that was a, it took, it took Jake planning that whole weekend for us to get our asses up there. Otherwise, I don't know if people would have done it. That was a weekend I think individually. I think it would have everyone would have tapped out of. <laughs> yeah, most, was, most would have. There was no way I would have been like, yeah, I'm gonna go hop in a boat by myself while it's 20 degrees and blowing <laughs> snow into a whiteout. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Maybe Josh would have because San Josh Francisco got a doesn't bit have more. snow. No, he's just got a little bit more of the central Wisconsin cojones. Just thicker, thicker skin I live, too. I live closer to Ontario, so I grew up with this shit. <laughs> I'm I'm stick I'm trying to remember what our weekend was. So Saturday, uh, we woke up to an amazing breakfast of a French toast. What was it tata frittata bake? Mm-hmm. Yeah, something. Mm-hmm. Strata, French Toast Strata. Strata from Jake uh, Fields. Jake Fields uh, was some proper bacon involved in that. And then, then I think it took the crew, I don't know, a good six hours to get rolling <laughs> out of the house. Yep. We had a couple, we had a couple uh, late arrivals that morning. So they came almost uh, perfectly on time as we were wrapping up breakfast, as I recall. Yeah. But I think that's kind of the game you play with fishing you know close to ontario mid-november you never know what you're gonna have for road conditions because that friday night things got a little sketchy so um the rest of the crew was able to show up that saturday morning and get out but we had yeah yeah that's right that's right that's right we yeah because we had had nine guys uh i believe there were two four five boats four boats um and then that was the real first First cold front, first frost, 
I believe we got a little bit of snow dusting, but it was cold. I mean, yeah. we had all gone into that weekend. We were kind of waiting for someone to tap out. I think a few people definitely were talking about it, at least down, uh, down in Madison. Um, <laughs> fly fishing gear was potentially abandoned or the thought of it. So we were like going into it, like, Oh, this will be a fun weekend with the guys hanging yeah. out. But you know, it's a cold front. It's this big snap seasonal progression in November. Do you remember in an area that we don't really fish either? That was the other thing. We yeah. kind of went to a spot that we're like, well, none of us ever get up here that often. Yeah. And I think there was a lot of, uh, computer desk scouting going on probably during mm -hmm. the, you know, few days leading up to it. And I think that's actually what kind of made it fun too, is it is worth noting that the, uh, one fish that was landed is probably one of the more popular sections of musky rivers in the state of Wisconsin. So <laughs> we did have a little bit of parachute uh, out of the, uh, emergency evac. Yeah. Emergency evac. Exactly. I think that was just a good, good gameplay, like kind of in the route back to where the boat lives and an easy, easy poke home from there. But so, yeah, we got, yeah. we got wrapped up and I, and I will say, you know, you're talking about the potential of somebody canceling out. I did see a few gear rods in the driveway. I'm not going to say where or who they belong to or what boats they're on. But that was a legitimate possibility because of how bad the weather was. Absolutely. But they didn't. And that, they never came out. We stuck to our guns and we went up there with a mission in mind. And we actually went out and gave her health. That morning was pretty rough. <laughs> like this time of year is so funny because everyone is like kind of fighting for the rowers box. They, they're like, I think it's my turn to row now. I, well, there's, been, there's so many dynamics because you got that, but not to interrupt you, but plus the uh, it's end of season. So some people aren't happy with their season or some people are really content with their season. So like they're hungry. I need to get one more. And some people are like, fuck it. I'll, I'm going to row, you know, like, but like to what you were saying. And then we were super lucky that morning right out of the gates we moved a fish dan moved a fish like a decent sized fish wasn't it dan yeah i think i said under 40 in the moment they're on the, the little gopro shit we had like decent not a not a not a tiddler not a giant fun size fun size Def definitely blew our expectations out of what was potentially going to happen for the day out of the water so that was good yeah and brand felt, new spot right that's right and i felt so, like it came out of because there was that little section there. And I feel like it came out of that faster moving water. Either that or it was just sitting on the scene. But if it came out of that faster water, it was definitely a surprise to me. Because that's what I was going to ask. You guys doing this a lot in the cold time. Like, obviously, tactics change. You know, when that cold first cold snap comes through and you know those water temperatures are, are dropping. Because we were starting to see ice form by the end of the day. What are you guys targeting? Usually targeting deeper spots and they're transitioning out of their summer haunts into more of like a holding area that they're going to shack up for the winter. So if you have a lot of experience on a river or a lake or something like that, you can kind of pick it out, but this is more of a conversation about rivers, but, uh, yeah, 
the more years you spend on a river, the more you can kind of figure out, okay, there's a huge deep hole right in this section. And uh, it's, it usually stacks up with bait fish and chances are they're going to head over there and you want to slow everything way down. All, like almost ungodly slow. Like when you watch your buddies fish, it almost gives you anxiety how slow they're stripping that fly in. But that's what, uh, you know, with these super cold snaps, especially that's kind of the name of the game. And then I think that's what's the, with the rivers too, especially this time of year to what Josh is saying. I, I think it just, it's those, those, it just, the spots get really obvious, right? It's the below dams. Like there's a reason. And if you kind of extrapolate right beyond that, it's those big, deep, you know, they're, they're hanging out there all season and you can pretty much go down a river and spot them, find them. Um, and I think that allows us our whole, our whole, rhythm changes you know you're not packing a cooler of uh you know a whole lunch for a 10-hour day and floating down the river and you're a little bit more tactical so we were not going very far um kind of fishing a new flowage system the thing i also remember about that was weird it's like when we put in it felt promising but that whole like first 50 yards before we contacted that fish Man, it felt like you just showed up at like what you thought was going to be cool, and it was just like the kiddie pool. I was like, hmm. Oh yeah, yes, this is going to be interesting. Yeah, except for that, you know, we got through that kind of rapid section, and then there was that little pocket bay on on river left, and I was like, okay, this is where we want to play at. And mm-hmm. again, we didn't see anything until we came back out and started messing around, kind of where that seam is where you get that fast moving water into that big bucket. Yeah, just... no doubt. No doubt. And that's, what's kind of cool about what we were doing. I guess we could talk about is like how we approached what's really generally not a recommended plan, which is middle of November, 30 degree weather. Let's go find a new spot. <laughs> <laughs> Who's up for that? Come on. <laughs> but we, you know, went to below a natural barrier put in expected to flow to maybe two and a half miles that was the game plan when we started and yeah. then we kind of got to where the spot you're talking about maybe not a hundred yards from the put in and all of a sudden we're you know seeing some good musky spots is what it is so that was kind of the setting is what it felt like what were you uh you were saying kind of about you were taking us down the river there no i was just saying then we came in contact with those two fish as soon as we got to where that that transition line was um, a little bit more of an obvious transition line, I guess, is, is what I kind of saw from it. Um, cause yeah, you had that, you had that follow and then I trout set on that bigger fish. What was it like a minute later? Yeah. I mean, I just, I've kind of like watched it in the GoPro footage. There's nothing, you can't see anything really. Cause the camera was going off the, um, you know, to my side of the boat and then the boat turns cause we got that stiff wind and the snow came and Josh had to, you know, back row into the wind downstream just to keep the boat kind of at a, at a, just keep the boat moving into the wind really. Yeah. yeah. And that's when you turned and were able to cast at that bank, same bank, maybe 10 yards down. Yeah. So yeah it wasn't a couple minutes. They were right there. At least a couple of them were. Yeah. And that, you know, that fish came out of that super deep stuff and we saw it. And then I got into that, what, second figure eight and it ate on the, 
on the outside. Right on the turn. Yep. Yep. And and Grant, you recall which fly you were using? Oh, I think it was a black and orange fly. I think <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, did Burns. Did Mark Burns tie that from Urban Fly? I There's think a good chance Mark Burns. I heard those flies work. I yeah. thought I'd give it a chance. Northern Wisconsin. <laughs> and Dan, what did you get your musker on? Oh, man, that's a great question. What was what I did, throwing? What did you get the follow on? Uh, it was a big guy. It was a big fly. Uh, I think it was that big... Uh, was it the one you lost day two? Yes, exactly. Yes. That's what oh. I was about to say. That big white one. Almost but, like uh, a... Yeah, that was a cool fish, though. I mean, I don't know. Everybody got a different perspective on it, but, you know, you guys saw it right away. Seemed to at least your draft picked it up early. And then it's tough. You know, you say, yeah, you trout set it, but... And by standard, by definitions of trout setting, yeah, probably. But it's also like what kind of happens when they're in that outside corner on your left side. Yeah. And yeah, I remember it's not, it's not, it's the least ideal of the spots other than maybe the straightaway. And I think people hear us talking and they're like, wow, you can't pick which side the muskie eats. And, you know, maybe not. But sometimes I think if we, if we could pick, it definitely would be on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think. You know, needless to say, it's replayed in my mind but a million times since then. And it's one of those where I remember, you know, lifting the rod and trying to yank on that line as hard as I can. But I had, you know, two layers of gloves under it on at that point. I just felt the line like slip and I kept trying Slipping to grab it. And I'm like, I'm just going to go the Nick Gellerstead route and wear latex gloves when it's that cold. So I have something to grip, <laughs> grip onto. Yeah. Yeah. But definitely like just fishing that cold and even like trout fishing when I'm fishing in the wintertime, it's this constant game of like, I can't wear gloves because this line is constantly slipping out of my hands, but I have to wear gloves. Otherwise, I'm only going to fish for two minutes. And there's just no good way to get around it, especially with that wind that was just pounding us all day long. Oh, God. And musky fishing inherently requires just so much line handling. That mm-hmm. your hands are getting wet compared to, you know, if you're swinging a lot of the time where it's, you're not stripping it through your fingers all the way back. All that line that was in the water is coming all the way back through your fingers. Every time your gloves get wet, your hands get wet. Tough. It's tough. Latex gloves are a good option. So I haven't tried it. I'm there. curious. I'm curious. I might, I might add it to my, my packing list for next fall. That and maybe just more hand warmers. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, the best pair of winter gloves you can have this time of year is like five pairs of winter gloves. You just plow through them throughout the day. Yes. Just keep just keep rotating and rotating. Um, <laughs> that's the only yeah. way to do it. Yes, yeah, sir. And, and then to Dan's earlier point, this time of year you have such limited daylight that you know you you plan your shots most of the time you you go out there with a mission in mind you're like we're gonna hit this spot for four hours and we're gonna hit it hard with everything we got and i'm going to wear this set of gloves for this hour and this set of gloves for this hour you know i mean that's my game plan yeah exactly 
this is what I'm going to eat for my first warm up snack. This is how I'm going to keep myself warm at like midway through the day. I'd like to think it's a lot of water and healthy vegetables. I'd, I'd like to tell you that's what it is, folks. But I'm not, I, I think our boat was filled with beef, cheese, bourbon, and Coors. And probably some seltzer waters. That was about it. Yes, yeah, sir. We we kept her fairly PG, all things considering. We had this we is a load of bullshit. <laughs> What's that? I said that's just a load of bullshit from you two right now. What? Keep it a PG? Yeah, Grant's over there being like, Yeah, we had pistachios and seltzer water in the boat. <laughs> Josh, like we kept her PG. All we did was drink Basil Hayden's <laughs> the whole mo- the whole day. That was the only stay warm program. Fuck latex buffs. <laughs> I would, I would, I would, I would say the Basil Hayden's definitely put on an extra layer on top of the forty layers I already had on. That was definitely helpful. There's no shortage shortage of that. Like that's the nice thing about having that in the boat because every time you get a little sad, you're like. Oh, I'll have some Basil Hayden's to pick me up. Yeah, the I mean the Basil Hayden's that was that was absolutely necessary to paint a picture. At one point, Nick Gellerstadt was doing snow angels in Jake's boat. That that I think his speed stripping techniques were a good good warm up <laughs> warm up yeah. option in a boat. Um, yep. What I found out fishing on that raft, though, is I don't think you can do speed stripping techniques um, with probably falling up, falling out. Here's something to talk to Stealth Crash about: some sort of barrier, heat barrier for the rafts, so we can start putting sunflower heaters and those things in the wintertime. Well, I think at this point you could probably just put a whole tarp around the rower seat, and he could just hang out in there, just like they have on those stealth welds, like a bimini and enclosed yeah. bimini. Yeah, just bimini the the rower seat. Less stuff will tangle too. You know what I mean? That morning, somebody legitimately was asking if we could put a Mister Heater in the raft. That was yeah. That was absolute. I mean, it was. We might have needed it. We could have used it day two for sure. Yeah, I I think what you do is you get a lithium battery with like floor plugins, and you get those like electric suits that you can plug in like guys even for motorcycles and stuff like that and just full body heated suit ready to go you just gotta strap it to the frame and make sure it doesn't fall on the the rubber part and then you're just safe you're fine if you fall in don't worry the water's only 30 degrees (laughs) (laughs) that was also a surprise nobody fell out of a boat i don't think in any of the crews that's always a win yeah, it was. No, I mean, in summary, what was a day one, nine people fishing? Um, we, all were in the same, we were all in the same spot the first day. And then they bailed to a new spot. We stuck with the program. Did not end up finishing our float, though. We dragged that raft out. We did. No, we did not have to go very far. The wind didn't let us go very far either. No, but I think, were we the only boat with a fishing counter that day? Correct. Yes. Yeah, so just for all of you people listening, it's not uncommon to have nine people on the water in November and only see two fish. Mm, and how many of them were guides? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Very true. There were there were a handful of guys up there. Yeah, yeah. It's it's how it goes. It's how it goes. We had somebody in the shop today asking, you know, getting excited about it, which you love to see. It's kind of this like two part Jekyll and Hyde uh, dance with musky fly fishing, where you're musky fishing in general, probably, but they're excited about it. They want to get back into it, and they're you know doing some fly shop wiggles with some rods, and uh, they're like, yeah. So how many you know like is it true that you gotta like you don't really catch a lot of them I'm like oh yeah oh yeah they're like so what are we talking like 50 casts 100 oh sign and me so, up yeah and you don't you know you kind of like I, you have to like stutter a little bit to answer that you're like oh man i wish it was like that my friend i wish it was just bang i wish you could just chop wood and then at the end of the at the end of the you know the tree fell over every right. time <laughs> that's a great analogy it doesn't the tree doesn't fall over sometimes uh i so, mean yeah they left and didn't buy a musky setup and are never going to come fishing again so oh they'll they'll come back <laughs> they'll come back they just gotta wait to see what they're getting for christmas first no, they did they, they were they were actually quite nice and we got them hooked up but that's like part of it right that's the the quote-unquote fun part right it's not mm. it's not a given like trout fishing in the midwest i can pretty much guarantee i can go out and catch at least a fish yeah you can't do that with musky fishing unless you i don't know live by a really nice dam and you're throwing mm -hmm. cut bait up into it that's a, it's a little different story but yeah it's it's a different program but you know keeps it exciting is there like knowing the shit show we went through on day one like, is there anything that you guys would have tried to do differently? Um, no, I, I think I, like, I always try to like go into it somewhat with a goal in mind. And like, that was definitely abiding by the self-constrained rule of fish, new water. Yeah. Like you could easily be like, yeah, I would have gone to somewhere I knew or I knew there was going to be fish. It's like bullshit, you know? <laughs> Uh, no yeah we, no we i'd say couldn't have camped couldn't have camped harder uh but, oh, yeah. you know we parked the bus so i would say no i would have yeah. i tell you what i'll do differently on day two when we get to that part though <laughs> i'm looking forward to that <laughs> um well before we hop to day two i do have a question can you talk a little bit about that big fish that was caught in the chain down by madison mm yeah so thanksgiving week i don't know when this will come out but thanksgiving week um which late season madison southern part of the state that's why we like it in the musky range we uh we get to play in the playground a little <laughs> bit longer than we do in the north and um so thanksgiving is like when it starts to really get good water temps start to get below mid 40s um water's pretty clear on the chain at that point weeds are dying off if not totally dead um, in the mo most of the spots and, um, a gentleman who's a customer, musky fool friend, uh, you know, been in the Madison angling community was out, uh, with another, uh, customer and friend, uh, Nathan Jondal and, uh, and Jeffrey all, um, I had to, ha I mean, it's just incredible story. 53 incher, uh, leech Ooh. Lake on a fly biggest fish landed on the chain this year on a all tackle, I believe, as far as we have confirmed. Um, and wow. then biggest one we know of on a fly ever on the chain. So that's pretty cool. That's so those awesome. guys, good dudes. They've been out there. 
work in that program for a couple years. Um, so it's cool to see it kind of pay off both for them and for the fishery and for those musky fools out there trying to fly fish on the lakes. You know, we often get crazy looks. Um, so that's pretty sweet. Especially that's awesome. I think a couple of days later, if not, it was, uh, they announced that the PMTT professional musky trail conventional gear angling tournament, kind of the biggest musky tournament. One of the events is coming to Madison, coming back. So apparently cool. there are a few muskies here, at least one fifty-three incher. Dang. Dan, what kind of boat were they fishing out of? It looked like a smaller type of vessel. It's uh, It was not necessarily your ideal big lake uh, vessel, that's for sure. I think it was a towie. I think it was Nathan's towie. Yeah. It was. Yeah, he's got it rigged with, I think he's got a prop on there. Yeah, I'm pretty certain he does. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. That's yeah, incredible. I mean, it was dead, dead calm, sunny day. 36 7 degrees if i remember you know on a moon on a moon day but not really a, a moon period or anything like that um so that was pretty sweet and you know if you're paying attention we got a couple other inputs that week and saw a couple other folks i believe there were two others at least over 50 caught within 100 to 200 yards um so pretty sweet madison, madison fishery and then, like, the last kind of button on the whole thing is just to see it be a 53-inch leech laker. Just, like, clear as mud. Really just looks just exactly what they what they all look like, and um, or most of them at least. And, um, you know, that's what our club, Cap City Muskies, Inc., has been trying to stock in the chain alongside the DNR-provided Wisconsin strain, just with the theory that, you know, given this is a non-native fishery, um not natively muskies in this the madison body water um we can it's a universal receptor lake meaning that it takes all different strains of muskies and um kind of allowed it to have this study to see what happens with leech lake muskies alongside wisconsin strain muskies and you know the results are interesting we haven't seen it all yet they're gonna i think be published later this spring 2023 some of the preliminary data is that there is not the scientific data, right? Coming out of the the, the netting, uh, I believe, is, is there's not a real difference in growth rate. Same, same year class, effectively. <clears throat> but then the angler caught data is, is remarkably different, where most, if not all, of the 50-inch plus, 52-inch, 53-inch fish are, are leech lake fish. And those fish notoriously uh, evade capture. Uh, you know, in DNR studies, not just in Wisconsin, but across the range, the big fish kind of net net aversion, I think is what they call it. So that's, that's kind of an interesting element that we'll, we can, we'll see, we'll see what kind of the future holds there. Net aversion, but fly curious. Net aversion, but fly curious. My favorite type. <laughs> Were those other two fish caught around that time? Were those both leech-like strains? One other one looked pretty much a for sure. The other one, hard to say. It, okay. it looked like it, it could have been a Wisconsin fish, um, you know. And, and there's not like a, the real only pattern going on there is, you know, water temperature, bait fish movement. But we don't have like a specific, you know, it's not a spawn related event. So, you know, it, not not too unusual let's say to see those guys commingling but 
you know, I, I think see a 53, 54 inch Wisconsin inch fish in there. Have not seen that yet. Interesting. I've not seen that yet. Love to, by all means would love to. It's so, I mean, I guess the closest example that I've got over here in the cities to your guys' chain down there would be like going in out and fishing on Minnetonka where you're kind of surrounded by all these big, beautiful homes, but also targeting really large fish at mm. the same time. For sure. For sure. And what do you guys, do you know what they have to do out there? I'm not too familiar with what the, the program is on Minnetonka. I'm sure it's I am stocked. <laughs> Like just similar to, uh, I would imagine. Yeah, I would, I would assume the stocking rates are probably pretty heavy. Um, but yeah, I've never, I haven't had the chance to, to fish out there yet. And only been on some water ski adventures out there, but that's about it. One of these days, find somebody with a big boat to go out there. Cause I would never go out there in a small vessel that much. Not a toey. <laughs> no, God, no. Monona's, well, uh, you know, yeah, it's not ideal, but calm day, I guess. I mean, I do it as long as all the big cabin cruisers weren't out around. Maybe that's a little different story, but if you go out on Minnetonka, anytime some of those big boats are out there, you're just going to get swamped. Mm-hmm. Let's out just not be a fun time. I feel like Josh is looking up porn right now. I do. Seriously. <laughs> He's got this look of like... I'm doing some searching. <laughs> he probably is. He's probably on that same YouTube kick. Well, we can talk about that because that was day one. We all we all rendezvoused back at the house, uh, the Airbnb. We're just going to bring it back there. Just to, to, to yeah. a minor diversion. Uh, and then Josh uh, was in charge of the YouTube controls. That was that was the one of my distinct memories from Saturday night. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> would you like to talk about that, Josh? <laughs> yeah, right. it's, called, it's called YouTube DJing, um, and you start with one video and you just see where the night takes you. You go down to the rabbit hole, and by the end of it, you're watching Karen compilations of 2019. Yes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's how Saturday night wrapped up was, was, was Karen videos. It did but, not go over well. The group did not like it. We no, had you to had put, the balance of divergent set of opinions. That was for sure. We had yeah. to put at least 12 hours in the keys outdoors though. I mean that, I, I feel like that started Sunday morning right away and didn't shut off till we all left the house. Yeah. That's like cartoons, man. <laughs> <laughs> and just everybody yelling about where they're like what's going on and what they think is going on and oh it's hilarious it's just golden i love it judging judging other other fishermen about not catching fish the same way that we were catching fish (laughs) now you guys have and you guys have an episode coming up with keys outdoors we do yeah it's gonna be sweet i believe you guys uh, know the dates yeah so uh all his episodes, if you don't look, if you don't know what we're talking about, Keys Outdoors, holy cow, go check it out. Mike Keys, he's got a whole network, KOTV now. Um, Saturdays, Valley Sports. Look at me, I'm just pitching for him. I know it's shtick. Uh, Valley Sports and KOTV on the Roku app, they're pretty sweet. They got all sorts of fishing stuff. Um, but his his show, Keys Outdoors, will be on the week after the Chicago Muskie Expo, I believe, is when that one's going to come out. 
I don't know if I'm supposed to say that, but we just said it. It's not that big a deal. It's coming up. It's in, <clears throat> it's in that would future. be the 28th. Yeah, the 28th. Awesome. Well, so that's going to be cool. We're excited about that. While we're kind of in the midst of trade show season, it should be pretty fun. Excellent. Um, yeah. No, that was sweet. It was, it was a lot of fun to fish with him. Um, I think he had a, you know, saw a different, different side of the musky world. That's for sure. Um, I, I know he's been exposed to it um, before, but has he done a whole lot of it himself? Um, I don't think so a little bit. I mean, obviously he fishes, if you've been watching his show, he fishes quite a bit with Ben Olson, who is oftentimes, if not exclusively lately fly fishing. Um, I think Mike, you know, doesn't, he's got sponsors and stuff that are, um, not fly fishing and he's, he's really good at sticking to them and, and doing that. So, um, it was, I think just the whole purpose, right. The whole the whole um two-day setup really low water rafts you we mike was kind of the the guinea pig in that he was throwing all the hard baits and the soft plastics and the bucktails and nothing 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 meanwhile there was you know i'll I'll let the rest of that kind of tell itself in the in the episode but i don't know that uh, it would have worked out if we weren't in there with fly rods and flies you know and i think that's part of what hopefully people um, might learn or take away from it is among many different things is like, there are some days, some places where this isn't just a tool, it's the tool. And um, you know, we love, we love when we can talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to it. That should be a good time. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't know if we had talked too much more about day one. I don't remember what we had for dinner. I'll be honest. I think it was, was Cody made a stew. I think that's what it came out to, yeah. which oh, put us so on the, which put, put us on the food coma. Cody yeah, made a good. stew and Nick made a giant salad. I think it was like just bacon. It was bacon with a little bit of green in there. It was <laughs> literally just a bacon salad. <laughs> just. That's more vegetables than we normally get on those trips though. Correct. And that's why we didn't have him in our boat that day because, you know, he was hogging them all for the salad that evening. That's why we didn't have any healthy snacks. Yes, sir. Yes. Yes, sir. So Sunday, we, we, I don't know if it was an audible. It was mm-hmm. a change because I know there was yeah. some de- debate on going back to position A uh, on Sunday, but we decided to check out well, we broke we broke a golden rule with leaf fish to know, find fish yeah that that would be one of them maybe somebody's I, I can't say it's but yeah i think that was the dilemma that we faced our boat specifically how'd we do um based on my gps mapping we covered every foot of that place with a cast so i think we did well on, on covering water we uh we were we were, what were we doing josh we were, uh, we were running hot laps musky hot laps musky hot laps josh loves hot laps especially this time of year when you got four hours to give it your all and you just go into a spot where you're putting all your eggs in that basket but sometimes the basket has a, a big ass hole in the bottom of it and all your eggs fall out <laughs> but your flies fall off 
they fall off. That spot looked so freaking good, especially for this time of year. I thought it was, I thought everything was dialed and it was a good call. I had no regrets about it. Um, but yeah, that's how she goes sometimes. Give a little, somebody give a little description of what the spot looked like. It was a big wide stretch of river with about a six to eight foot kind of depth overall. And then it was below these like shallow falls. So our thinking was that they would kind of be all stacked up um, in that hole. Cause we've had such low water conditions all season that it was one of the, the super logical spots in the river that they were going to stack up this time of year but nothing. We tried everything. We were trying small flies, big flies, working them faster, medium speed, deep and slow, just nothing. Trolling. Trolling. Oh, but that's, that was what we didn't have. That was the key. We We handed the basil Hayden's off to the other boat. Was it that boat that, that was the exact boat that caught the 48. It was the bottle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that the is that the one regret you have for Sunday is passing the bottle to the other boat? Probably. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, because it was like, you know, we didn't go to the spot. They they were rewarded, but yeah. I think we should have gone back and got your fish. That was my regret. Oh, I think she would have eaten again, but that's easy for me to say now. She'll eat next time we go knock on her door. Mm-hmm. She'll and, be, be buttered up. Offer something up. <laughs> yeah, but uh, the so we got skunked hard, hard, just a hard zero. The whole lot of nothing, like not even birds chirping. And you guys were throwing pretty big gliders that day, weren't you? We were throwing everything. I re- yeah. remember I literally threw everything until they started to fall off and sink to the bottom, losing flies. They lost such a good fly that day. It's so hard. So hard for me to even think about. <laughs> and you had like you had, I think the lines that you guys were using were by far a bigger sink rate than what I was going with. Because you guys were ticking bottom all day, and I don't think I think I was more in that mid zone. Yeah, well, that's good. Neither were working. I do remember though, like being pretty done midway. Like after we didn't see anything, I was like, "Screw this, let's go somewhere else." Was like my mentality, and I remember being like, "How did I get the group consensus there?" And then I just started to watch Josh just like fucking ninth inning, just pull some shit out of left. He was just throwing. 90 mile an hour fastballs, you know, 200 pitches in. It was pretty cool. It was pretty fun to watch. I like sitting in the rower seat behind Josh. Yeah. I think, I think a little of the energy came from the brisket sliders for lunch. That, that might've helped the morale boat a little bit. Yeah. You can't go wrong with leftover brisket, especially since you just crushed a bunch of it for breakfast too. <laughs> Well, that's, I mean, that's true that Josh, how do you, you're one of the few guys I've seen it from like, yeah, I was probably even before Dan where I'd hit my, okay, this isn't, this isn't happening today. But you look at Josh and he's still casting just as hard as he was when he first stepped on the water that day. Harder even. I think he like left some reserve tank. (laughs) 
I'm like a sleeper, the sleeper pitcher, whatever. The, the reliever that comes in. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But like, yeah, you just, you only have so, so limited hours this time of year. And then in general, you have so such limited time on the water that um, you just can't let your guard down with these fish when you've invested so much time, energy, resources, sacrifice from your families and your loved ones to go chase these stupid fish that I feel like if I go out there and I'm just going through the motions, then what's the effing point? Especially That's while your buddy's throwing you around. Yep. You're like, you're like obliged, which is good. Sometimes you need that kick in the arse. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I like how it's, it's kind of like a silent kick. You're like, you're sitting there and you're looking at your buddy who's out there just busting his ass. You're like, I got to step it up notch for the team. Cause I can't just sit back here and rest on my laurels. Cause nothing's going to happen. Yeah. Especially if you're the guy with the gloves and the hand warmers, just moving the oars, you know, you're like, okay, I will make sure that you're in a good spot. You're going to do your job. I'm going to keep doing my job. Stay ready. Know, know where the net handle is. Make sure it's not going to get caught on a bunch of stuff. Yeah. These muskies, they also know that you've been grinding all day. And, you know, in that ninth inning, when you're freaking tired as hell and you've let your guard down and you don't think it's going to happen, that's when the, the big one shows up, too. They're just assholes. And that's part of like what it's hard to articulate to people that are used to catching fish or have the expectation of catching a lot of fish. It's like, once you get past the the rock bottom phase and all of this and you start getting a taste of, you know, those, those moments of pure excitement and adrenaline rush and like those bonding moments with your, your bros in the boat. That's what is so addicting about all of this. And it keeps you coming back and it keeps you driving harder and wanting to chase bigger fish and, and do it more often. Yeah. And like you say, you just, your tolerance level for your tolerance level for things that take the odds out of your favor grows very low <laughs> the longer you've been doing it. Cause you yeah. just know it's just like, doesn't, eh, you need everything on your side to just even have like one shot consistently you know what i mean consistently do it and uh yeah that's that's what i think is it's kind of that's what's kind of cool about it you know there's like in different ways like trout fishing i think especially in the midwest driftless gets a rep is very relaxing quaint and i don't think anyone here personally at least is going to disagree with that especially january to april is the valleys are coming alive, you know, asleep for winter and then coming alive. Um, but there's something also quaint and really meditative about musky fishing under the covers. You know, you got to do the same thing over and over. Perfect. And still it might not work, you know, and, uh, that's if you, you know, you don't have to, you can of course just get fucking drunk and not figure eight and throw 20 foot casts with four inch flies. But you know, I don't think that's going to stack your odds. <laughs> what are um what are like three factors that you guys need to get in a boat and actually go musky fishing or what are three factors that would stop you from getting in a boat and going musky fishing oh you go first josh or right, you do one first i'll do the other one all right i'll do the factors that 
get me out on the water. Uh, well, it's like any addiction. So like when I used to do meth a lot, um, and it would so be glad like, you're, you're here with us now. I know. It, your skin looks so much better. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. You like these teeth? These are all, these are all, uh, thank God for Laura. Yeah. She's a saint, but yeah, like any addiction, you got to get out there and you got to get your next hit. And so the longer you go without having a hit, the more stir crazy you get. And so that's a big factor. It's like, how long has it been since my next hit? And if it's been a month (laughs) since I've caught a big one or, you know, even had a shimmer of a big one, I'm, I want to get out there five, six days a week if I can. That's one factor. Another oh, big yeah, factor. That's, that's a, that, but that's like a, almost a topic in and of itself because it's like the the harder musky fishing gets, the harder you get at musky fishing. Yeah, and it's like a it's like a bad it's like a it's like a bad spiral. It can be bad. Like we've all probably been there, seen a buddy who's been there. Of like, it's like a touch and go. Like, man, I hope he gets one just for the fucking sake of things. Yes, <laughs> it's, the, it's the absolute road to madness for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Like there are a lot of parallels to mass use and <laughs> okay, moving on. It's a very SEO worthy article. Yes. <laughs> if you want to just you want to put a pin in that one later, Josh. Number number dose here. So as a guy who owns multiple boats, having a boat that is reliable and is functional and is ready to go that's that's a big ticket item like if i have to go do a bunch of work on my boat i'm i'm just like oh man i still want to go do all that crap right now i'm gonna go fucking dam bang right now instead maybe i'll go be a dam bangler (laughs) we'll see (laughs) so that's number two and uh number three is probably yeah, like when you're in this network of everybody too, you hear a lot of grumblings of what's going on, and you get intel of of stuff like that. Like, what's biting? FOMO what's, too. FOMO. FOMO. Like so and so just banged up on a 47, or you know they saw three muskies today. Like I'm gonna take off work tomorrow. I got a cakewalk day, and I'm gonna hit, hit the river. Those are my three go to things to get me out on the water. Are you hiring, Josh? maybe (laughs) how good are your youtube dj skills they're improving they're improving i can learn i can learn fast kids music content right now um but you know i can always venture off that a little bit (laughs) i don't know how that is gonna work with josh's youtube pace but i think he'll give you direct feedback (laughs) no i'm a quick learner it'll be fine (laughs) you'll be okay grant yeah, those are pretty good. Those are, uh, there's something, I mean, mine aren't going to be too different. Um, the peer pressure one is probably the most, like you kind of mentioned it, but it's kind of like the, it was, I definitely fished a whole lot less when it was just, you know, whether or not my dad and I were going to go, you know, a long time ago, it was like, Oh yeah, you, you scheduled a weekend. And now I think there's, a. um, kind of like obligation in a good way where you're like oh you gotta you know it's like a workout buddy when you need that with musky fishing because 
you could you could screw off really quickly and tap out um yeah i think like josh was saying before i think if we like if you did this solely on your own and you didn't have it's like a support group you know like post meth support group mm-hmm. exactly yeah talk about talk about your problems or your troubles mm-hmm. and they'll pick you up and make sure you don't jump off the san francisco bridge yeah uh, you know in a bad way uh, it's exactly like it it's really shocking <laughs> um you still do it on your own like at least i do i know josh does but you definitely need to pick me up you need to pick me up we all need it we all need to give it um and that's what's cool about it meanwhile like if you want to stand next to me while i'm trout fishing in the driftless that's weird go away I don't want I don't want you near me. Why you you know I shouldn't be really want I don't want to see you actually. We'll see you in two hours. We can have a beer. Right. You know. Um, but yeah, number two, I guess. Like what so peer like kinda it's not in any order, but uh time. And for I mean that's like it sounds really cliche, but I mean I can count the number of musky seasons I have left to throw a fly rod. There's only so many so many shots at the champ. I think that's a Josh Meltzer quote. <laughs> Only so many shots. Got to take them. It's taken all the time. You know, this was the last December of this year, right? I don't get another one of this year. Yeah. There's only two. There's a new moon and a full moon in each month. You know, sometimes you make both of them work. Sometimes you miss both. And uh, I think the more serious you are, especially about getting getting after them, big ones on a fly rod those things eat at you when you got a, a, a you miss a new moon in August. Cause you got something else going on. Mm, you don't get that one back. Nope. That one's gone. Mm-hmm. And that plays out in all different ways. You can't, you can take that one just like a drug all the way to oblivion. Okay. So fish every single day, every hour. Well, there'll be no, there'll be no personal. So, you know, guiding is your only alternative to do, to do that. Um, and you're not usually the one fishing at that point. But yeah, it drives you to that nuts mentality of like, what's it going to be? Because today it wasn't the moon. There was nothing on the moon. So maybe it's the first quarter. Or maybe it's the weather pattern or maybe it's just steady weather weather, and they don't need like a change right now. Or, you know, you get, you just get, you can whoo, spiral away. <laughs> That's why like, I think you see a lot of people in Muskie too. They just take certain approaches that you wouldn't see in other versions of fishing because they're just all they're trying to do is stack the odds a little bit in their favor, man. I'm going to troll four boats coordinated. We're going to, you know, coordinate. I'm going to use live scope. I'm going to use flies. We're just trying to get it a little bit of an edge. Nobody really knows what it is. What's the, just to jump in. What's, what's the weirdest thing that you have tried that you're like, okay, this is completely out of left field, but actually worked. But it actually worked. And by work, it can mean just getting a fish to move. Um, man, it doesn't even seem weird anymore. That's the hard part about answering that question. Like, there's nothing that you could do really where you'd be like, that's not going to work. <laughs> yeah, like, but I think also gets people screwy about Mosky. Go ahead, Josh. Your first couple seasons, when you start to get positive feedback from muskies whether it's a follow or you start begging muskies you're like oh i'm starting to figure this out and then 
right at that moment, they're going to throw a curveball at you. And you're like, oh my God, we just unlocked another mystery. And then the more and more seasons and the more rivers you experience, the weirder stuff you end up seeing. Like last year, I remember we were fishing a super deep hole. It was like 40 feet deep. And Jake caught a muskie right at the surface in December. Mm-hmm. Like, like why? And, and we were just talking earlier in this podcast, like this time of year, go deep and slow, right? Hmm. But Jake, Jake's fly wasn't that far down off the surface, and that fish was hot in 40 feet of water. So that's just like another weird thing. You know, it makes you rethink stuff. Uh, and then also like going out on a river and you're hucking musky flies and you catch a 17 inch brook trout on a musky fly. So that makes you rethink stuff. And then you're like, well, if a 17 inch brook trout can eat a nine inch musky fly, what is a 54 inch musky capable of eating? Mm. And there's so many of those, like in so many, I think above all, like I've heard people say, I can't remember who said it, but like what attracted them to muskies and it's like the least patternable fish. And in some ways it's like the fish that just is the exception to every rule. Like you can write a book about trout and break it all down and tell you what to do for your little watershed and kind of sound like a genius because you could probably follow what's in that book and it'll, it'll work. No, you got to figure it out and cast and learn the technique. I'm not trying to simplify and make this seem, but at least and musky, there's just no rule, you know, I think that's what drives people nuts is like, you can cast at the spots that look like them all year long. And that doesn't mean that's going to work. It might, but it's not going to make it work better than the guy that sits on one spot all year long and just casts that, <clears throat> you know, I think there's a lot of ways to catch a musky. Everyone's still looking for that way to guarantee it every day. Right. And that's, that's, that's the unapproachable thing. But would it be as much fun if it was a guaranteed thing? Hell like fucking no. Yeah. No. No. Hell no. No, 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 no. I mean, mean, like, it's, it doesn't mean like you don't want more muskies. And man, if you could have a hundred acre pond with just a whole pile of big, dumb, stupid fly eating muskies who just love to explode and eat things and great, but like, they're still going to not eat and still go around figure eights and still false charge flies. And, you know, like, even if you make it perfect, the musky garden of Eden still has a little piece of shit at the middle of it. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's absolutely true. (laughs) um well i don't i'll be honest i don't know that i have much else to say about day two other than (laughs) well we gotta recap nick i mean we gotta give him yeah those boys those boys caught an all the audible right they didn't see a fish day one (laughs) kind of went to a spot that they hadn't pre-scouted but it's you know a spot that had multiple everyone's been on before at least most of the people in that group um good spot for late season and uh nick got his personal best 48 incher big beautiful awesome fish they had a couple more interactions i believe interactions i kind of hate that word for muskie it sounds so lame they caught one fish that was it folks that was the day (laughs) they got tickled by a couple others yeah they caught one they caught one they did not eat it either we don't eat muskies (laughs) um (laughs) 
someday. So, yeah, and that we'll was that was going. pretty cool. Uh, that was pretty cool. I believe Josh and I are the only um, musky fool folks uh, who have not caught their personal best this year. So we're still waiting. I think, unfortunately, that's not going to happen. But Jen, Rowan, Gabe, and uh, and now Nick. Pretty sweet. You guys need to step it up. Step up I the know. game. <clears throat> it just means 2023 is your year, right? That's what we're hoping for. Yep. Yeah, we're going to fish closer to Ontario next year. That's a good idea. I don't think we're close enough. I don't think we've talked about this because I thought we were going closer to Illinois this year, but maybe that's, we'll, we'll have to, we'll have to huddle. Yeah, Sounds well. like we have a little bit of time. <laughs> we've got some time to get the details nailed out. <laughs> we'll have to make yeah. sure Jake plans a full itinerary. Make sure we're, Jake, we're all on schedule. I know. I know. We just got to get Jake. Yeah. That was perfect. That was excellent. Big shout out to Jake for organizing. Huge, huge, huge shout out. Hurting all the cats. Yeah. It's it's very helpful when a person in the crew has got the forethought to line everything up to where all you pretty much have to do is send that. Venmo? Venmo. There it is. Technology is hard. Uh, send that Venmo and you're all set. Bring some food, call it a day. You're good to go. <laughs> It's also amazing at like how much effort Jake put into that and how it was still almost impossible to get eight full grown fucking adult males to like <laughs> participate. Yes. <laughs> like, like, God damn it, guys. <laughs> Stop, it's it's not out. that hard. <laughs> Fill out the form. There's places where I've put your name in. I think the hard part was just the barrier of reading the email past we're going fishing and then clicking on a link to actually oh yeah that's, no, i totally remember why i avoided the form now thank right. you for jogging my memory grant <laughs> all right and then nikki nikki got the horseshoe mm-hmm. because he had the lucky rabbit's foot in the boat basil that's where that's where we're just gonna call basil from now on is the lucky yep. rabbit's foot yeah, it's not that predictable though. That's the finicky thing. It's 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 more of a moment in time, you know. It's not basil anymore because it already was. So you kind of have to. It's this, you're chase. You're chasing your tail a little bit with it, but you know, it's good that there's a lot of meth to try. Yeah, <laughs> I heard that Ontario meth is the good stuff, so that's why we should get a little mm-hmm. further up there mm-hmm. next next year around. Let's uh, just be thankful it's not Malord anymore. Oh God. Is there a way to go back in a podcast that replace all like a word document and just replace all meth with musky or is that like we're just we're just in it now? I think we've only got like at this point eleven meth references, so 12. it won't be it won't be it won't be too too bad of a of an edit out. Okay, we'll keep it there. We'll keep it there at twelve. No more. <laughs> no more at all. Um, well, I wanted to, you know, you guys have been listening. Um, I, you know, maybe me, me to do a proper introduction. Hopefully by this point, you've picked up a couple of key factors. We've got Dan Donovan from Musky Fool and Josh Smeltzer from Bambas Flies. What's um, up guys? It's Josh. <laughs> What's up? My name's Dan Donovan, <laughs> owner of Musky Fool. It's <laughs> about right. <laughs> Wouldn't expect anything less. So... So Dan, why don't you talk a little bit about what Musky Fool's got coming up for the next couple of months? Real Dan. You want real yep. Dan on this one? I don't know. I'm, I'm curious <laughs> if Dan number two can pull it off. 
<laughs> probably can probably can um well this is we got we're kind of making the turn i think we go through this like depressive period where we all collectively admit that the season's over at least up here in wisconsin i think we're admitting that we're very close there's a couple cliffhangers but um then we make the turn get ready for like a big fly tying push so we're gonna have you're gonna hear a lot about us on that end and then um the shows we're really excited to get back to the musky shows we're gonna be doing the milwaukee chicago and then uh adding on the wasa show in march awesome so that's gonna be fun and then also our first january february march you know trout season um pre-spawn bass uh with the shop open so kind of all sorts of things going on um and then you know like i said a couple different fly tying events so we'll round out uh we'll have that fly tying rendezvous in there as well which we'll be at we'll talk about that one a little bit later too and so all sorts of stuff and you've got all the dates and stuff on muskyfool.com we will have that up by the time this podcast airs, but it is January 20th in Chicago, February 17th in uh, Milwaukee, and then uh, St. Patrick's Day weekend in March in Wausau for the Muskie Expos. Excellent. And I did see recently you guys are now open on Saturdays. We did. That was much we needed we needed the time to get everything working right uh, before we opened the floodgates a little bit, um, and we got it going. And Saturdays have been awesome so far. So we opened uh, small business Saturday was the first one, ten to four. Been open every Saturday after that. Excellent. Um, hoping to keep it rolling, and it's been good. I think a lot of people have been coming out that haven't been able maybe to make it work hours, um, stuff like that. Uh, so it's been cool to see some new faces and, and keep spreading the word. Super. So yeah, mm-hmm. if you guys are listening and you're down fishing that Madison area, you know, for when you got trout, a fly shop, <laughs> you've got musky fool. It might say musky fool, but they also have lots of great trout offerings uh, in there too. And of course, warm water, smallmouth, things like that, but don't pass them up. They've got your we trout do. needs down in the South. So, and even, yeah. do you guys have the trout stuff online too? So we have most everything online. We don't have, uh, all of the nymphs, the smaller flies online. Um, but, but, but right now we don't have any of that online, but I think, um, if you stopped in kind of between 2022 and come back in 2023, you're going to see us kind of, um, put some more chips in the middle of the table in terms of flies. I think we really like the, it was an awesome response. You know, we had the same question. The sign says musky fool. Um, you know, we're, we're working hard to make it known that it's a fly shop for everybody. Um, but, but will they show up, you know? Um, and I think people overwhelmingly did. Um, and it's been awesome kind of to see the whole community of anglers because the musky people are just psycho nuts and, you know, you can only take them for, you can only hang out with your messy cousin for like a little bit. And then you're, you're, you're like, those guys are weird. (laughs) Um, so it's cool to see normal people walk through the door. Um, I actually catch fish regularly. It's a, it's a pleasant surprise. Um, but the, we are looking to expand our flies, especially in the trout arena. So I think we, we knew we were a little light there. Um, and we're going to double, if not triple down on that. So if you're coming back and in February, March, April, his trout season starts to hit full swing. I hope you're going to like what you find. Awesome. And Mr. Bam Bam, you've got with the Eau Claire fly time club, you've got an event coming up in February. Yeah, sir. So if anybody out there lives near Eau Claire, first of all, we host a fly tying club 
every week in January and February. Um, it's every Wednesday night, six to 9 PM at Modicum Brewery. Everybody's welcome. Uh, you don't have to have any experience, any materials or anything. You can just come hang out. Uh, and then, yeah, it's a, it's a great group of folks that I come out every week. Everybody's tying different stuff and it's, it's a whole lot of fun. So check us out on Facebook. Oh, Claire. I got some sweet hats. If you want to show that off, Josh. Oh yeah. I don't know oh. if those are available, but if you get in the club, those are some of the perks. They are available. You got to come to the club to get them, though. Um, then, yeah, the, the next big event for the year is the Fly Tying Rendezvous. This is our second year doing that, and that's at Lucette Brewery in western Wisconsin, Menominee, Wisconsin, specifically. So that's going to be on Saturday, February 25th. And I'm still working out the deets, but plan on a whole day event. We're working with a, a whole mess of sponsors and vendors right now to make it bigger and better than last year. And um, they have phenomenal pizza, brick oven pizza there, really good beer. Uh, and I think we had over 40 people attend last year. So it was, it was a good turnout. All over the place too. I think that's like another thing to hit for people. Um, it's kind of in the middle of a lot of things, meaning I think we came, it was pretty, you know, nice to come up from Madison, some St. Paul people here yeah. in Stevens point. If you're up in Hayward. If you're in lacrosse, like we're all, it's, it, it, it's not called the fly tying conveniently located down the street. It's a rendezvous. We're all trying to kind of get together at, and uh, it's worth, worth the hike. Yeah. I think I had all of a 50 minute drive <clears throat> from there back to the North side of the suburbs in Minneapolis. So that wasn't too bad at all but very much looking forward to being on a Saturday. Absolutely. Yep. And we definitely uh, designed it kind of that way. Thanks for pointing that out, Dan, is uh, we want to bridge the gap of all the regions and bring everybody together. And then hopefully the big picture is this will turn into a gigantic event someday, but baby steps folks. Yeah. But if you want to come show off your skills or learn something in the, in the heart of musky smallmouth bass country, it's going to be fun. Yeah. No should be forward to it. Should be a good turnout for sure. And uh <clears throat> we'll get some more of those brown trout bridge beer stickers out this year. There Keep you go. slapping those all over the place. Absolutely. They're they're always a crowd pleaser, Grant. Yeah, there'll, oh, be, yeah. there'll definitely be some sweet hats. I'm sure there'll be a little bit of bucktail. I'm sure we'll bring a little bit up there. <laughs> but I'm I mean, you could have that a bucktail auction. Yeah, we, we, we have some special ones that are for sure auctionable. Really? Yeah, like big, big, big ones. But um, best, yeah, best I'm looking forward to it. It's uh, it's like all renovated too, right? Yeah, newly uh, renovated event space. Mm -hmm. I'm going to check it out on Thursday to go see it and see how big it is and all the cool stuff we can do in there. Sweet. But yeah. I'll hit you up, Grant, with some more details. So, so if anyone's interested, they can uh, learn more that way. Yeah, we'll we'll just keep posting them up on social media um, to go about that way. But uh, I do want to thank you guys for spending your Tuesday evening sitting here on another Zoom call that I said I never want to do again. But again, I don't know how to work a recorder. So there's that. It's okay. No it was actually, you know, pretty, pretty nice. I feel like we were a little bit more coherent maybe than we were you know, a whole <laughs> bottle of half bottle of basils and many other things deep in, in that. 
yeah. yeah. Very true. Very true. <laughs> Plus, well, I remember, I remember, like, I do remember you, the, uh, I was the one to bring up the trout setting on that one. And I, I didn't, um, tact was not what I definitely, I didn't bring it up tactfully. So I think it was good that it got deleted on my part. It needed, it needed to be said in, in the moment, uh, the way it was, we had some time to reflect on it. Yeah. We had some time. I'll take a softer approach to this. Yeah. Um, lesson learned, try and get him to eat in the, in the corner closest to you. The right. Time. Yeah. I, I wasn't talking to her when she was there. I do, you know, come on, I, come over here, girl. Come on, come on. Or honestly, uh, Gabe had a good suggestion, which I don't know if I can physically or mentally do this. He's like, you got to just let it run a little bit. You got to let it grab that fly and get out of there. And it's like, <laughs> Oh, that's that's gonna be a lot of mental strength to overcome and, and have the patience to play that game you gotta like shoe it with one hand yeah you should have just hit it with the oar a little bit josh maybe that'll push it out yeah next time i'll i'll get on top of that for you yeah i'd appreciate it <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening uh i'll post all of your guys's you know fun instagram facebook url stuff uh in the show notes and uh once again it's it's been fun another episode of uh, brown tar bros we'll talk to you guys soon thanks Greg.